Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Bottoming the LGBTQ mental health podcast about rock bottoming and beyond. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bottomingpod or visit bottomingpodcast.com for more content relating to each episode. We've also added a support page to the website to direct you to the right place if you're struggling or need someone to talk to. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Hello, I am Matthew. And I am Brendan, and our pronouns are he and him. So, we're back for episode two of season four. Yeah, a little bit later than the normal running of episodes, because as we mentioned in the first episode, we're doing things slightly different this season, where we're just feeding you as and when we feel like it, all right? (laughs) All right? (laughs) It is Pride Month, and we didn't want to overwhelm people with things because there's enough going on at the minute to be <laughs> completely honest and not all of it's good either so no. you know drag her no as in the news silly oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we wanted to wait for the right time the right person the right content you know also like we, for for the last couple of years we've done well no actually just <laughs> just last year we've done <laughs> very amazing if we say so ourselves like specials episodes yeah. for pride month lgbt history month even this lgbt history month you've been but fed you, you've been more than fed <laughs> but also what we do is all year round we're not just uh we're not just a rainbow wash mm-hmm. are we mm-hmm. you could huh. do with a wash anyway what <laughs> actually i have just changed my tire so i actually could do with a wash <laughs> we are so pleased this week to be speaking mm-hmm. to Nancy Kelly, who is CEO of Stonewall UK. Um, 
yeah, we've wanted to speak to Stonewall for a long time. We've mm. discussed Stonewall and the work they do, amongst many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really fantastic interview. But yeah. before we get into that, Miss Brenda, mm-hmm. how are you? I am very good. I'm actually going to start with um, some news about my university. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know what? So me and Matthew were actually talking about um, LinkedIn posts a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Also, there's an episode on LinkedIn influencers um, on in a podcast called Violating Community Guidelines by <laughs> Brittany Broski and Sarah Shower. Um, <laughs> young influencers, but love them. They're so funny. Anyway, they talk about um, LinkedIn people and how they have these stories and they write the posts for a certain type of audience where it has like a very specific arc. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to say this next news in that kind of arc. <laughs> so when I was in school and mm-hmm. I, I, I I was very mediocre mm-hmm. not very academic at all mm-hmm. I couldn't really do maths statistics was my worst scoring GCSE mm-hmm. fast forward what Many 15 years, years later <laughs> I've achieved an 80% in a statistics exam for university with my masters never never give up on yourself is the moral of the story there we go <laughs> It's never too late. It's to never too late. Smash those statistics. Yeah. <laughs> and become the person you never thought you would be or wanted to be. <laughs> but no, very big congrats. Cause Thank you, you so yeah, much. I really have worked. And I know I make jokes all the time about jobs and no jobs, but you you really are smashing it with uni. I am very, very proud of you. Thank so, you. yeah, very well done. Thank you. Yeah, very shocked, but very, very happy about that. Um, and I had my final presentation as well, which was good. Um, yet to be marked on that but you know we'll see it is what um, it is it is what it is and what will be what we will be in case of our so yeah that's that's all going good um, pop culture wise mm-hmm. because it hit me sometimes we talk about that um, the new Stranger Things I have to say is fantastic uh, specific scene I w- well the whole the whole season not to give any, away any spoilers because I, I won't do that but it speaks on and touches upon themes of depression anxiety past trauma very very well mm-hmm. and there's a very specific scene which is like well very specific episode episode four where you see this character kind of going further and further into herself and like um not addressing her issues with the people that she's closest to and people people around her are just like talk to us talk to us talk to us Mm -hmm. and she's still not talking to them and then she gets into this whole thing with the bad guy and um then there's a certain resolution and it's just very very emotional and it's very touching and i was an absolute blubbering mess i was sitting with my cats i was like cats come and love me (laughs) daddy needs some love and this is the scene i haven't seen season four yet Mm -hmm. but this is the scene the kate bush song isn't it Mm -hmm. that has sent it to number one absolute yeah. queen the cheers yeah and the specific like remix they did of, did of it as well where there's like violins coming in oh god i'm getting chills and it's just oh it's <laughs> it's so good and it's a it's, it's just like a very powerful scene of determination and mm. like fighting for yourself because when you're in the darkest parts as we know it is hard to fight and mm-hmm. to get out and to 
to give yourself a chance or a second mm. chance. So, yeah, really, really recommend that. And I'll say that's it for me. Yeah. How are you, babes? Yeah, I'm good. I am just off the back of a two and a half week holiday. I wasn't away for two and a half weeks, but, you know, platitubes gave us a long weekend, didn't it? I mean, so, you say you weren't away for two and a half weeks, but it, <laughs> it felt, felt like, like a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, it did. I was away for 10 days, went to Primavera, hardly know her. It was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> that one is specifically for you, Alistair and Jamie. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, honestly, it was so, so much fun. We, there was so many different groups of people that were there that we ended up seeing um, highlights where I will say Charlie XCX again, amazing. Mm. The Grimes DJ set, which included I am very jealous of All I Want for Christmas and Enya, just incredible. Um, and also Fred again, which is one of my favorite albums of last year. Um, and yeah, just seeing Fred again live was unbelievable. It was just honestly one of the best things I've ever seen live. So yeah, that was amazing. And then me and Sam needed the holiday from the holiday. So we went to Sitges for a few days afterwards as well, just to eat lots of food and suntan. So that was amazing. Um, suntan. Suntan. Sunbathe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm feeling very, very grateful to have had that time off because mm-hmm. um, I think it was a long time needed. Um so yeah, feeling quite refreshed now. I am back to work. I'm going to Rwanda soon with work for our big team retreat, which I'm very excited about because I think it's going to be amazing. We've got loads of really amazing things lined up there. Um, and also hopefully going to speak to some LGBT uh, activists and organizations while I'm there as well. So mm-hmm. hopefully a future episode will have some of those conversations. Well, now we've um, got our um, cute little dictaphone. <gasps> That is gorgeous. It's so sneaky, isn't it? So tiny, but <laughs> tiny but powerful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> little dictaphone. And yeah, I'm feeling very pumped today because I've had the new Beyonce song on all morning. Mm-hmm. She said house disco. <laughs> she said we support striking. <laughs> we support the union. Mm-hmm. Join the union. Resign. <laughs> fight the system. She said all of them things. And Big Free that obviously kills it as per usual. So 100%. yeah, I'm feeling feeling very pumped. And also, also, we just had our project with the Museum of Liverpool go live today of all days. This very day. So alongside all of the other things going on, now you can go to the Museum of Liverpool mm-hmm. in the Pierhead. You can go and listen to us even more <laughs> guide around the museum um, for the LGBTQ audio trail. So we will link in the description to find out more. But if you're there, go and see it. Listen, let us know. Mm-hmm. If you're planning a trip, obviously go and see it and let us know. And even if you're not in Liverpool, you can check out the trail and our gorgeous um, audio snippets on Museum of Liverpool's website, which is liverpoolmuseums.org.uk forward slash LGBTQ dash audio dash trail. What was your favourite item? I think I said this before, but I think the biscuit jar, Huntley mm-hmm. Palmer's biscuit jar, just because it was a real curveball. Like mm. some of the others, it's kind of like... Yeah, that's were, gay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a pride flag. You know, rainbow <laughs> laces. It's it's quite there. But Huntley and Palmer's biscuit jar, didn't know what was coming and I yeah. loved the uh the story behind it, so I think that's mm. my favourite. How about mm. yours? I would say the same, but also just to be different now, I'll say the Sonic Youth display. Yeah. Just because I think the whole like 
underground club movement that they've got going um, in the northwest, Liverpool and, and beyond is is amazing. So, yeah, I would say that. Stunning. But check it out. Let us know, and we're very proud of it. So, there we go. But of course, on to the meaty part of the episode, we have our gorgeous chat with Nancy Kelly, CEO of Stonewall. Um, Yeah, we're really pleased to be able to speak with Nancy, actually. As many of you will know, Stonewall has been in the press a fair amount recently and under a lot of scrutiny Mm -hmm. in in just the most ridiculous way, considering Mm -hmm. the amount of good that they do. And... um, and so it was really nice to be able to talk to Nancy about not only that and the, her reactions to that, but also some of the great and positive things that they're still remaining uh, and still managing to do um, despite all of that. Mm. I think I think Nancy even says it herself, and I know many people share the view Stonewall isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know lots in the community, you know, some things they do people agree with and some not, but the fact of the matter is that they have brought enormous change mm-hmm. to the movement in in the UK. Um, they do amazing work, and I think more than ever, especially the last few years with the anti-trans and gender-critical movement, seeing how LGBT organisations, all inclusive of trans people, have all come together has has been really powerful. Mm. Um, and that it, it shows that obviously that's that's working because that's why they're getting so much hate mm. and and being attacked in the press because it doesn't fit what um, the angle that they're going for with culture wars. So big up Stonewall, all of the team there. I know a few people, um, yeah, that have had a bit of a hard time there. So yeah, keep up the amazing work and thanks again, Nancy, for chatting to us. So without further ado, here is Nancy. My name's Nancy Kelly, my pronouns are she and her, and I'm the Chief Exec of Stonewall. So thank you so, so, so much for joining us. Um, Before we get into some of the questions we've got, can you give us a little bit of info and what your background is and what led you to taking on this role at Stonewall? Uh, So I've spent most of my career in in the voluntary sector, mostly in campaigning and policy roles. So working on kind of social justice issues. So I've worked a lot on poverty for years, anti-poverty work and on refugee issues and children's rights and those sorts of things. So I've always worked in that kind of social justice space. And Stonewall is an, is an organization that is just incredibly close to my heart. Like, like all other queer people, I spent most of my adult life having lots of opinions about Stonewall, but also feeling kind of really attached to it. So having the kind of opportunity to lead a human rights charity and specifically to lead this human rights charity is pretty mm. incredible. And how do you um, like prepare for to take on a role like, like this one? I mean, knowing the organisation has... Um, always been in the spotlight in the way it has? <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think the short answer is, I think I was quite naive about it. So um, I've got a lot of very relevant work experience. So I was the deputy chief exec of a much bigger charity before I came to Stonewall, for instance. And, you know, I've had quite a varied career. And so I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ready for this. And 
I remember approaching it uh, very naively through the lens of, well, it's a very high profile charity, but it's just a kind of medium sized voluntary sector organization. And I kind of know how those work. Um, with a sort of, with a little bit of a side order of I'm a very resilient person, so I know I can kind of roll with the punches. Mm. And um, yeah, it was very naive. I remember a couple of weeks after I started my job, Linda Riley from Diva took me out for a very fancy lunch at the Ivy. It's the first time I've ever been to such a thing. Mm. And uh, and she sort of she sort of said, You've you've chosen to sit a very hot seat and kind of I'll <laughs> support you and still at this point I was like well yeah but you know and yeah so I think um I was as prepared as you can be in the sense of I had a lot of relevant mm-hmm. skills and experience but I was uh I was pretty naive about what it would actually be like mm. it seems as well to have just each year just mm-hmm. have got more of the spotlight yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna frame that a bit nicer but yeah it's just worse. got worse every year the focus on it has got worse hasn't it every year more challenging yeah. complicated so i yeah. mean i've been at stonewall just over two years now which people will say things like in stonewall in stonewall years that's like a decade mm. but um we definitely have kind of ebbs and flows and ebbs and flows mm. in terms of the kind of negative attention that can be directed towards most importantly the communities that we we represent but but also the organization and I mean I guess we're living through an anti-trans moral panic at the minute Mm. I mean there's there's no Mm -hmm. there's no other way really to describe it I think and Stonewall is just the sort of most visible Mm. um advocate of trans people's um humanity and their Mm. rights um and so this is an inevitable consequence for us of being um being an lgbtq plus organization that Mm. tries to stand with its trans siblings so it's it's that it's a sort of when i talk to people who including some of our founders who were involved in Stonewall or involved in LGBTQ rights work in the kind of 80s and 90s, early 90s. They say it's as bad, sometimes they say it's worse than mm. then. And I think that's probably right. So it's a mm. it's not an easy time to do the work, but it's an important time to do the work, yeah. is how I would see it. Yeah. I mean we've across several of our episodes spoken about the impact that media coverage around lgbtq issues Mm -hmm. can have on on the community Mm. especially trans people we've we've Mm -hmm. spoken to many people and and we've seen kind of firsthand how that impacts Mm -hmm. some of the guests we've spoken to i guess from the stonewall side how have you seen this play out maybe in how you've had to react or respond to some of these things Mm. how has that looked from from your side so i think i guess there's a couple of things like you you feel an incredible degree of responsibility because we're one of the few organizations that gets the chance to speak to the media. Mm-hmm. It just puts huge pressure on all of the decisions you make. Like, do you give a comment? If you give a comment, what do you say? You know, do you agree to go on a particular um, a particular program, you know, if you do, what do you say? Particularly for, for, for us, we're, 
we've got a lot of trans staff, but we're a, a, I'm a cis woman, we're a cis-led charity. So there's a lot of kind of, you feel a huge sense of responsibility. And the press is, is broadly speaking, pretty, um, I think critical would be entirely fair. Um, hostile is mostly fair. Yeah, yeah. So you, you don't have that kind of margin of appreciation, right? Like everything you say is going to be gone over with a fine tooth comb. So I mm. think that puts a lot of pressure um, on you. And I think that for staff, you know, if you don't work, and I think this is true of anyone in the movement, right? This isn't unique to Stonewall. If you don't work in the LGBTQ plus movement, then you have choices about protecting yourself from what's going on in the external environment. Mm -hmm. If you do work in our movement, or if you do things like, I mean, I would consider bottoming podcast part of that, right? Like you live in this world, right? Mm. Um, it's really hard to protect yourself. You can't kind of take a week off from what's going on in the external environment because the external environment is kind of your job. Mm. And so I do, you know, you do see, and it's no different at Stonewall, um, queer people across the movement and particularly trans people across the movement kind of really struggling with exposure to 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 an environment that's pretty pretty toxic mm-hmm. mm. i mean a hundred like i've spoken about working at tonic housing and obviously mm-hmm. with this podcast and stuff i work in communications and mm-hmm. i had to take a step back from that yeah. purely for that reason because before that I was at another LGBT focused organization and it it does it just becomes every waking minute and I know yeah. like and I know some of your staff and the amazing work that they've done some of the interviews that I've watched you handle <laughs> <laughs> and it I think as you said like for a lot of people maybe a lot of people that listen to this that don't work in this sector it they mm. maybe understand the issues and they can they can see it but they don't have to have the face to the front of it every single mm-hmm. day and i think yeah. it's that's just something we we always try and reiterate is like it, it's an active choice to to stay away from it but we now i think need people to maybe pay a bit more attention because i know it's scary and it's difficult to get involved in but we need more people to, to stand up i agree yeah. i agree and i think i think i think you know that doesn't mean people have to obsessively read all of it but it does mm-hmm. mean that we people need to pay attention to what activists within the movement are saying mm-hmm. and and understand that it's very real. Mm. And I think that, I guess, in the context of the kind of very sort of focused anti-trans kind of public conversation, it's kind of remembering that the general public's actually pretty pretty trans inclusive pretty positive Mm -hmm. about trans people but the kind of media and political environment i increasingly feel really frustrated not with people who are actively transphobic but with with just most cis people who take Mm -hmm. one look at this and go this is too difficult it's a bit icky i feel a bit uncomfortable um like i know it's nasty Mm. and it's nasty so i'm gonna stay away from it and we we as cis people need to stand up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, trans population's tiny. It's it's tiny and it's so vulnerable. And and we need to say it's not okay to treat trans people like that and mm-hmm. not not kind of opt out of mm-hmm. of of saying that because it feels a bit awkward sometimes. Yeah. What kind of conversations do you have internally, if if any, about um 
about protecting the staff's mental well-being during all of this because obviously burnout is a very huge thing and can impact everyone in all kinds of spheres but when it's um kind of targeting your your personal identity as well as the career that you're in it can be like compounding right yeah completely so i'll kind of talk in very general terms because obviously people's privacy is really important around Mm -hmm. these issues of kind of mental health and well-being so i think that I guess the first point to think about is that unlike a lot of organizations, we are majority LGBTQ plus in our staff group, right? So we're 80% plus, I think we're close to 90% um, uh, queer at Stonewall. And we know that our community has twice the rate of mental health problems anyway. Mm. <laughs> so we've, we, you know, because of the experience of discrimination and oppression. So we know that kind of that we are, a staff pool that already kind of bring to this work uh, that experience of, of discrimination and victimization that, that will very often have had an impact on our mental health. And as you say, then through the work, as it is at the minute, we're exposed, we're exposed to a lot of homophobia and biphobia and transphobia, as well as other things. You know, it's literally our job for some of us to persuade people to think differently. So mm-hmm. by definition, that means we talk to people who... Um, who can have quite unpleasant views. And so that is, you know, that on top of what we've been talking about, which is you kind of can't turn your your, your kind of face away from the news, is incredibly difficult. Mm. So we do try really hard to support our staff's well-being. It is a struggle. You know, I wouldn't want to sit here and say, oh, it's great, it's really, it's really easy, it's a breeze. It isn't, it's hard. Mm. We've got a really, really active staff staff network that works on mental health and well-being, um, partner with kind of uh, mental health first aiders, Mm -hmm. doing some targeted work around kind of suicide prevention this year. Um, We're about to consult on um, uh, trialing a nine-day fortnight where you Mm. pay people for 10 days and they work nine days. There's a lot of evidence that that's great for well-being and and it's just as productive Mm -hmm. as paying for 10 and getting 10 days of time. So we're we're really keen to keep looking for ways to help people kind Mm -hmm. of keep a good balance, um, look after their own mental health. But it's tricky. It is tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I guess on the topic of, you know, anti-LGBT, media coverage generally Mm. i mean the rights have been under attack uh in europe and the us in recent years yeah what effective ways if any have you found to remain resilient during this time as well as ensuring that people and other organizations you work with are also taking care of themselves so i think a ton about the fact that we're part of a movement and that's all we are Mm -hmm. and that i'm you know i've got the privilege to lead an organization but i'm just one person and that's all i am and i find that hugely comforting you know i think about i sort of construct the job basically as my job is to pick up this rock and move it a bit further down the road and there mm-hmm. are generations before me that did that they collectively picked up this rock this rock of oppression and homophobia and biphobia and transphobia and they moved it a bit and there mm. are people coming after me who are going to pick the rock up <laughs> and move it a bit further and i think that helps it kind of helps keep you out of a savior mode and it also helps um for me it helps me um 
you know, I sleep, I get up, I go again. I have a hard day, I sleep, I get up and I go again because Mm -hmm. I don't have to think about how do I win or how do we win? Mm. I only have to think about what's the next right thing to do, what what shifts the rock. And and I I find a lot of comfort in that. And mm. I think that's, you know, that's what it means to be part of a movement. Like, you know, it means all of us collectively, you know, doing our best to shift a really complex social picture. Mm. And that's why I've got such confidence that that the picture will shift. We will get there. Um, not because any one organization or any one person wins, mm. but because we will all keep working together. We'll keep picking mm. the rock up and pushing it a bit further down the road. Mm. Absolutely. I do. I think that's a really nice way to think of it as well, because it can be overwhelming when you think I'm just this one person and yeah. all of this stuff's happening. How can I fix this? And what do I say to this? <laughs> and before you know it, you're like in despair yeah so sitting in a corner sitting yeah. in a corner having a cry yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just you just and I, I also think and i think perhaps because it's pride month i'm thinking more about that mm. there is something about just standing and being visible mm-hmm. like even when we don't know the right thing to say even when we don't know the right thing to do saying this isn't right the mm. way that lgbtq people are being treated here isn't right whether mm-hmm. we're talking about LGBTQ plus refugees kind of and, and the risk that they be sent for sent to somewhere like Rwanda where they're not safe when they mm-hmm. come here for safety or whether we're talking about you know trans children and young people and not getting included in in school or whether we're talking about you know lesbians and bi women having to pay like 20 grand plus to get IVF mm-hmm. that straight people get on the NHS right even when we don't know exactly what the fix is, it matters that we visibly say, this mm-hmm. isn't fair, this isn't equitable, this isn't the kind of world I want to live in. And I think that's as true of activists as it is of kind of people who are just going about their day to day. Yeah. I, and I, again, I think of the last few years, it's been on the community side of it. It has, I think, been very clear that lots of different LGBT groups that maybe were operating separately and just, you know, doing their own thing, I've seen a lot of them come together, whether it's like, you know, the campaign, the band conversion therapy yeah. campaigns, for mm-hmm. example, the many, many open letters that have been written for the many, many things that have come up over the last few years as well. And just seeing that unity, I think, when you've got certain organisations that are just out there actively to, you know, create division and hate against the saying, I'm going to, the LGB Alliance, for example, are just one yeah. example um of of many that are happening now and it's great to see all of the other lgbt organizations seem united and stand united yeah. i think um yeah agreed and, and the movement is united it's completely united yeah and that you know that doesn't mean that we all kind of agree with each other about absolutely everything but mm. but we have a shared purpose we work together in a really kind of fluid respectful way yeah you know we're People have been so throughout the movement have been so supportive of me. I hope I've been that for them as well. Mm. You know, it, it's a movement I think that is stronger than it has been for years and years and years. Mm. And that's that's a beautiful thing and it's a really inspirational thing, you know. Yeah. And I guess moving or looking forward, we should say, the Stonewall free to be strategy. Yeah. Um that was last year came out, is that right? Yep, that's right, yeah. So I thought it was fantastic, super clear super super bold lovely little rebrand that you've got as well how <laughs> thank you <laughs> how is that going right now 
and kind of how is it looking as well over the next few years because that runs to 2025 is it does right? yeah so yeah. It, yeah so i mean it's going really well i mean we wanted we wanted to make um a really bold statement we wanted to make a statement that was about not accepting second best and saying you know that we believe it's possible for there mm. to be a world where LGBTQ plus people are free to be ourselves, right? And and can live our lives as we choose. So we wanted to sort of set that bar and we wanted to also really focus in on kind of the communities that are most at risk. So mm-hmm. we do a lot of work and we've talked about this a bit. We do a lot of work both in the UK and internationally kind of fighting back against the anti-trans and anti-gender movement. But we've also had real success. So in Scotland, the uh, mm-hmm. Gender Recognition Act reforms going through, and Stonewall Scotland has been a huge part with mm-hmm. Equality Network and uh, LGBT Youth Scotland and other kind of key organisations in driving that agenda. So, so kind of we're having a lot of success around around that sort of agenda on conversion therapy, which is one of our priority areas. You know, it's choppy waters, but we've mm-hmm. gone from the government saying it won't legislate mm-hmm. to saying it will legislate. We know that even if, uh, if a trans-exclusive ban goes through at Westminster, which we're fighting really hard on, we know that the Scottish and Welsh government have said that they will fix mm-hmm. in their own domestic legislation anything that... Um, anything that Westminster gets wrong. So that's hugely positive. When we look at refugees, we've been um, able to support a cohort of 60 LGBTQ plus Afghans and mm-hmm. now their families um, uh, to come here to the UK and settle. And we continue to work on supporting LGBTQ plus Afghans to to survive mm-hmm. um, where they want to, to get to safety. So we're starting to have some kind of real traction. We're really hopeful that the new women's health strategy will include a commitment to IVF for all. So we're, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's difficult times, but we're, we're making progress, which yeah. is fantastic. No, it's honestly so great. There's so, so, so many things that's been like, especially I think the asylum seeker work that Stonewall are doing as mm-hmm. well. It's just, it, none of that gets seen because there's always, it's like firefighting or the issues that, yeah. that need to be there. And there's so much other incredible stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I sometimes say when I talk to people about what we're actually doing and people go, well, you need to say, you need to talk about that. And I'm like, I do talk yeah, about that. Th- yeah. But I, I don't, I can't really kind of compete with the megaphone that is, that yeah. is the UK press, right? So, yeah. but it matters that we keep telling those stories and it more importantly, mm. it matters that we keep um, doing the work. So we had... Um, just the week before last, the new uh, Keeping Children Safe in Education mm-hmm. guidance came out, safeguarding guidance for, for schools, super important. And it had two things in it that were really important for the first time that we'd been pushing for for years, actually. And one was a really clear statement that being an LGBTQ plus kid isn't a safeguarding risk. Mm. That seeing a trans child, seeing a lesbian child, seeing a bi child, et cetera, that, that teachers shouldn't go, oh, you know, I should be worried about that child mm-hmm. because of who they are. Yeah. And the other thing that it really acknowledges is the fact that we are at increased risk of abuse. So you need to kind of think about not that not the child's identity is a problem, but understand them as an at-risk kind of category mm. and really care for them. And just things like that that kind of go um, go unnoticed, but the team worked so hard to make that happen and it will make a really big difference to mm. LGBTQ plus kids in schools. So um so yeah with my tiny megaphone we'll keep telling the story 
I mean, in it's funny you mentioned the word um, hopeful because I guess when I think of Stonewall at the minute or I think of, you know, the plethora of um, media coverage, it can mm. seem like it is just all doom and gloom. But that fact that you, like you, there is this future strategy and you're looking forward and there is this hope towards change, I think must be quite... Um, uh, I don't know what the word is, but um, it must have a certain benefit to the staff even working at Stonewall. Yeah, I mean, I think on one level, it's really hard to work in the movement at this point in time. But on, on another level, for, so for me, as as a queer person, as a lesbian, you know, I I get to fight. Mm. And that in itself is, is helpful, right? Mm. You know, I think if I didn't have this job at this point in time, I know my wife, she sees all the same stuff as me. She reads all that stuff. She's devastated by it. You know, she feels helpless, right? Mm-hmm. What what can you do? And so there is something um, freeing about the fact that you're you're in a position to, to fight. You're mm-hmm. in a position to try and do something about it. You're in a position to try and make things better. And you, you don't win everything. You don't win mm-hmm. all of the fights, but you win some of them. You move forward. You move the rock forward. Mm. So... There is there is something I think really um, really motivating and energizing about about all of those things. Mm. I also I mean I I shouldn't I probably shouldn't say this publicly. I will. I joke about how we're a bit like a cockroach. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there was last last Pride Month. <laughs> bear with me. Bear with me. Yeah. <laughs> so last Pride Month we sustained just extraordinary levels of media attack. It was basically like the media was trying to shut Stonewall for Pride Month. Yeah. Because that's kind of what was happening. Yeah. Um and and we are still here mm-hmm. and we're still working we're still still uh still kind of working for change and that gives you a real power you're like mm-hmm. the kind of post-apocalyptic cockroach <laughs> stepped on me but we're, we're still kind of cockroaching around sort of thing um but that, that sort of surviving has always been i think a big part of how as individual LGBTQ plus people and as a movement, a big part of our power has come from our ability to survive mm-hmm. and just be like, we're not going to go away and we're not going to shut up and we're not going to sit down. Um, and so I, so I, you know, I think that's really important as well. And you mentioned there just um, about you personally, not just as you as a part of Stonewall, but mm-hmm. um, you personally have come under attack from lots of vocal anti-trans commentators <laughs> and trolls online. And we yes. see a lot of um, listen to women phrases being thrown around, which yeah. is until some a woman who has uh, trans supportive views. <laughs> not that woman. Yeah. Definitely don't listen to that woman. <laughs> yeah. Listen to lesbians, not that lesbian. Yeah. 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 How are you dealing yeah. with all of that? Um, so uh, I, I think when I first took the job, I, you don't know how you're going to feel about it. I think mm. it's one of those things that you don't know how you're going to feel till it happens to you. And I didn't know how I was going to feel. And um, I feel all right about it is the answer, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have my tweets locked, which makes Trolls Online very mad with me. And they, they quote tweet a lot going, you are scared <laughs> of debating when you have your tweets locked. <laughs> and I locked them basically because when I first took the job, so people t- still abuse me, but they can't do it in a big, long reply line under mm. every single tweet that I make. Um, and the reason I did it is when I first took this job, 
basically in the first month this thing was happening where I would like come home and I would have like a bunch of flowers from a friend and I'd be like what why are you sending me flowers right <laughs> and then I would realize that there were like 200 replies mm. on a tweet about shoes basically going you are a traitor to women and you're <laughs> disgusting and you know you're ruining Stonewall or whatever and um and like my family started to get really worried about me and mm. you know kind of give me the side eye about whether I should do this job and that kind of thing and I just thought I don't want to give people kind of a stage for their nastiness mm-hmm. so I'm just I'm so I locked my tweets and that really helped because it means my sisters and my mum and dad aren't as scared for me ever because they don't <laughs> see it they don't really they don't really check my quote tweets and that's helped a lot and I just think you know fundamentally the majority of women hold trans inclusive views Mm -hmm. the majority of lesbians hold trans inclusive views like i'm not perfect but i'm not unusual in the views that i hold Mm. and it's just yeah i don't know i just think i mostly just don't look at it Mm -hmm. basically and when it's in the actual press as in opposed to um just randos online although quite prominent people online also say nasty stuff about mm-hmm. me um i kind of look at it once to know what it is to mm-hmm. know if there's anything real in it yeah yeah and then i i kind of try and dump it out the side of my head because it's yeah. you know i'm not a perfect person but i'm definitely not satan or a betrayer of women or any of the cray cray stuff i get like a, i get a lot of old school misogyny as well a lot mm-hmm. of people calling me stupid and fat and stuff like that mm. like so um so i just yeah i think i'm lucky in that it doesn't distress me quite as much as it does some people but mm. there was no way of predicting that yeah absolutely yeah. i think i think that's i'm pleased to hear mm-hmm. that and I know kind of in the past you've tweeted saying, you know, you've had a weekend away or you've done a little thing and you're feeling, you know, taking a little break from stuff. And it it is super important to that because so much of the shit online, I mean, there's like research to show that firstly, it's a tiny, tiny group that just amplify the same shit. Very obsessive. Super obsessive. And I think it has got to the point now where... Like I used to go down rabbit holes and I would see things and I'm like, how are people thinking like this? What can we do to like, you know, try and unpick it or show that this is yeah. fake? But now it's got to the point where you read some of the tweets and you just think, that's just delusion. Like there's there's yeah. no yeah, there's yeah. no way to combat that. And I think that in itself that in itself is a comfort when you look at someone's feed and you see, you know, eight hours of each day you're spending typing yeah. out typing out very transgressive and trans phrases. Mm-hmm or just bizarre phrasing that you would never use in real life and i think Mm. that's a comfort because it it makes you go oh okay that do you know what actually that's not someone that is in in an okay you know state right now to be conversing about they're not open for listening so i think there's there's something really i mean sort of you know it is definitely the case that online people are being radicalized Mm. into that way of thinking and behaving there's no doubt about that at all um I mean, the, the literature on radical anti-radicalization stuff is super interesting. Mm. So um, it doesn't really work to argue with people. It works when people get a hobby. Mm-hmm. 
like good it, 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 it sounds like a diss but it's not a diss <laughs> like when when people have got repetitive behaviors it's no different in other in other areas of psychology really having mm. positive things to spend your time on really helps people disengage mm-hmm. so i think i think that's that's absolutely right i mean i also just think that i benefit enormously again just personally so i'm i've got two young children and i I give more of a shit about them than I do about anything else in the world by mm-hmm. pretty big country mile. Mm-hmm. So, and they, um, they don't really, I mean, they sort of in broad terms understand that my job can be contentious, but, it, but, mm. you know, they still expect me to be hundred percent present and their mum at the end of the day. And that's mm-hmm. brilliant for me mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because I just, I close the computer and it's, you know, it's, dinker my youngest demanding that I face paint him <laughs> and so it's like this you know you you kind of have to priorities you have to, you have to just shift gear right yeah. and that emotionally is is so I think healthy for for mm. those of us that are exposed to the trash fire that twitter can be sometimes <laughs> yeah so to end on a positive um Stonewall has recently supported Jake Daniels as he came yes. out as the UK's first LGBT professional football player in over 30 years. How does it feel seeing Stonewall have that type of impact as well? Because the coverage around that was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was lovely, Fortunately, yeah. it, was, it was really great. How, how does that feel? Because that goes way beyond the UK as well, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we've been working through our Rainbow Laces campaign and our wider sports work for years mm. to support... Um, all kinds of sports, but particularly football. We've been working with major clubs and uh, including Blackpool for for years and years to try and help them in their work to create a condition, uh, create the conditions where it Mm -hmm. feels okay for someone like Jake. So to be part, a small part of that story, um, particularly for some of my football obsessed colleagues, we've got quite a lot of those at Stonewall, um, (laughs) has been amazing. And to see him be able to step forward at the start of his career is, you know, a top flight footballer Mm. at the start of his career to be able to sort of step forward confidently and say, this is who I am and be well received. It, It was the, it's a beautiful thing and it will have an impact you know across the world in football but it will also have an impact across sports because Mm. football is such such a high profile sport and I kind of loved the the way that Jake spoke about it himself you know I love that he it for him it was so much um such a positive thing you know he talked about coming out and then scoring a load of goals you know we 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 talk a lot at Stonewall about kind of you you kind of when you bring your whole self to work you're not just happier but you're better at your job Mm -hmm. and I loved hearing him kind of talk about that but from a kind of footballing perspective you come come out to your mum and then you get back on the pitch and score a bunch more goals and I it was it was really really a beautiful thing to have played a small part in Mm. no it was so amazing me and Matthew have spoken about like and there's so many other LGBT people that have the same view of PE and like things in school. And that seems like two different worlds that never made sense to be in the same kind of thing for me. Um, but yeah, like you just, just said, like um, going and scoring a bunch of goals afterwards. I mean, that is a future that, I mean, I never thought I I'd never. see. But also, yeah. I think that's incredible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But the future is full, going to be full of many, many more mm-hmm. sports queers. That's mm-hmm. what this tells us. You won't have yeah. to choose between who you are and a sport you love. You'll be mm-hmm. able to be both and do mm-hmm. both. Stunning. Maybe I should pick up some sort of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> that sounds a bit tiring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what should our listeners do to support any work that Stonewall does at the minute? So um, we would love your support. It's really fantastically helpful. Firstly, you can support our campaigns. You know, we if you follow us on social media, we are always asking people to write to their MPs or to write to ministers about things like conversion therapy or access to IVF. So please do sign up and follow us and kind of take those actions. Quite often we're asking people to share their story as part of campaigns, get involved mm-hmm. and do that. Um, if you're able to help us financially, we always love donations. We're doing big Facebook challenge for Pride 50 at the minute. So mm-hmm. get involved in that way. But most importantly, actually, is is to kind of to build your ability to speak up in your day-to-day life mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. all LGBTQ plus people. So it is fantastic if you support us at Stonewall and we love it and we welcome it. But most importantly, look after yourself and support each other and stand up for each other. That's the thing that makes the difference. Thank you again, Nancy. Um, the rest of the team as well, like Neil that made it happen. Thank you. Um, we did forget this last week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Last well, episode. Last, last week, last episode. <laughs> um, we made a commitment in season three to end every episode with our positive thing of the week. And we forgot. Last we did forget. Time. So we're bringing that back. And this is a, a, a recommitment to doing that. <laughs> so what is your positive thing of the week it's a cheat so it's from last week it's i I had a lovely day with my mum um she came down to see me and we had a gorgeous day yeah we just wandered about did some um eating some drinking as per but it was just really lovely yeah really Mm. really gorgeous time so that is mine what is yours Mm. um I would say people listening know that me and you love Fortnite. Mm-hmm. What they don't know, because I haven't mentioned it, is my boyfriend doesn't like gaming at all. So Sam does, isn't a gamer. Doesn't get it, he said. Doesn't like it. Not for him. <laughs> boring. Well, boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, um, while we were away, he decided that he wanted to play Tomb Raider. Quote, and I've unquote, said to him, decided you brainwashed him, honey. No, it was completely <laughs> not me. It was literally all of his doing. He was like, "Yeah, maybe I'd like to watch it. Well, I guess I could play it." So there and then, I was like, "Okay." We downloaded it on the PlayStation app. Mm-hmm. Downloaded it the minute we got home, and he's already been playing it. He loves it. Gorgeous. So that is a gateway to Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> so before we know it, we're going to be playing squads. All of us squadding up to play things, <laughs> and that's my positive thing. Wow! <laughs> Took a turn. <laughs> that's your lot. <laughs> that is your lot. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, also, if you didn't enjoy this episode, I imagine it's because you've listened purely because it was Nancy and Stonewall, uh-huh. and we just got one thing to say <laughs> to say to you, and that is, don't listen to us again. Because honestly, your views are vile. 
and if you scrutinize the episode good for you get a hobby grow up there's bigger better things that you can be spending your time on than trying to attack trans people this is for you so so you're talking about the listeners that came specifically to disagree with what yeah. she was saying okay good exactly just yeah. thought I'd clarify yeah, yeah just in case yeah. my mum gets offended by what no. you just said <laughs> no I'm speaking to the people that have sought this out because they are delusional don't forget the 1st of July is the Gay Liberation Front March mm-hmm. which is marking 50 years of the 1st March in uh, in London it is not the official Pride in London march. That is the weekend. Um, it is the more important one. It is going to be original members of the Gay Liberation Front, Black Pride are joining, I believe Trans Pride are joining as well. Don't quote me on that, but I believe they are. Bottoming podcasts are joining. Organizations. Yeah, we will be there with a microphone to just, yeah, hear what people are, are thinking and doing. But that is the one to be at. So 1st of July, I think it starts at Marble Arch at 1 p.m., We'll share details on our socials, but be there or be a homophobe. That's the phrase, isn't it? Something something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, toodle pip, you've been great. Love ya. Take care. Take care, you're doing amazing, sweeties. We'll see you, you in a few weeks. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Kisses. Bye, kisses. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.